and welcome to Unique Narratives with Dr. Uzman Aim. We're going to go through some pretty miraculous stories that show you that miracles really do happen. Okay, so I have Rachel Ardoin here. We are going to talk about the night of Hurricane Laura. We both volunteered to be at Lake Area Hospital the night of the hurricane, and it was probably one of the most difficult nights of both of our lives. So how'd you get roped into volunteering to be at the hospital? When I first started there, we had to pick a team to be on for hurricane season. And I always picked just stay team, never thought it would actually happen and then it did happen okay so this is for real we're really gonna have to stay at first didn't think anything bad about it until things started to take a turn so i think that's how it happened i volunteered too because i thought you know my boys are at the camp with their dad i can just be here everyone else with kids and a family they can go yeah and it didn't seem like it was going to be that big of a deal until it was when the rain really started hitting hard. Right, yeah, and I was okay. I, and I'm the same way as you, like my kids were older, so I felt like there were so many other people we worked with that had small kids, you know, that needed to be with their family. My kids were older, they were safe, you know, so I'm like you and I, I didn't think it would be that. I'm like, oh, okay, well, like category two, okay, it's gonna be fine. Yeah, and then, we kind of learned category four and then we realized that the winds actually got up to the level of a category five even though they didn't officially call it that yeah what was that moment of the night that you realized this is really serious when they came around and handed us death bands and asked us to put our next of kin and a phone number on these bands and put them on our on our arms it's like uh yeah what is this for how'd and you feel i felt like that was a joke like somebody is joking with me. I was like, are y'all sitting there like, no, this is for if something happens to you, we can identify you and contact your next of kin. And I was like, oh, this is not good. I changed my mind. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. No, I didn't. You know, I never even put my name on there because I just, I could not believe. Because if it's so bad that we need death bins, then why are we we here? here? Yeah, why are we still here? Why have y'all not gotten us out of here? So I think for me, it was like, okay, the rain started getting heavier and then we have an entire OR level and everybody started moving OR Everything. equipment yeah. upstairs. Yep. And so we had all of our surgery staff stayed or volunteered to stay and then we had the police force yeah. and we're just moving this expensive multi-million dollar equipment upstairs and hoping that it doesn't get wet. Yeah, because they were worried about the storm surge. Yeah, they were worried about it flooding. So yeah, they made us all start moving all this equipment and it was insane. There was a lot of people who actually wanted to be in the hospital and deliver their baby because they didn't want to be at home Home. and in labor during this time. And I think some of them might have changed their mind. Right, absolutely, because (laughs) I feel like, yes, we delivered the last baby maybe at 10 o'clock, you know, and then we're still moving equipment around. We started noticing that some of the rooms were getting wet. Yeah, the windows were starting to leak in some of the rooms from the wind. The ER downstairs, that front area, once the storm really started coming through, the glass blew out on those down there. Oh, wow. I remember them asking us to go down there and help because they were trying to put up plywood. And that was 
middle of the night as the storm was like really rolling through and then postpart windows started blowing out in the front and we were shoving moms and babies in bathrooms um, till we could move them to rooms that were safer to get them over to the labor and delivery side because it was more in the back of the hospital. How did you feel so, telling these moms, okay, I need you to just hide in the bathroom with um, your baby? You try to be more calm for them. You're panicking inside, but it's like, okay, I have to stay calm because we got to keep the patient, let them know that we're okay and we have this under control. Even though I felt like, oh my God, this is... <laughs> this is not good. Yeah, this is not um, good. You know, it, it was scary. You know, I, I felt for these families that were there, um, but they depended on us to keep them safe, and they felt that we could keep them safe. You know, so you just did the best that you could and put them in a safe place, and you know, move them to different parts of the hospital that were safer for them to be in. You know, I remember after finally moving that equipment, and then so exhausted, I thought I would lay down for a little bit. <laughs> And yeah, I, was, I remember that and too. The wind was really blowing. It sounded like a train. Yeah. It was scary. At this point, I was so exhausted, and I was just looking at videos of my kids. Yeah. You know, and I I remember somebody tapping me awake. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes, moment? I do remember going, uh, Doctor Name. We we need to get up. <laughs> Do not jump out the bed because there's water everywhere because the window in the room you were in had blown out and you never heard a thing. Because <laughs> I was that tired. But I mean, that's so we were crazy. Like, Everybody was so exhausted. We were in a place yeah. and the windows were blowing in. Yeah. We're telling these patients to get in the bathroom. The yeah. roof started leaking, leaking in the NICU. Yes, and they were trying to move baby. It was definitely something I'll never forget so i think it was just the rest of that night is a blur because it just it was one thing after another what did people need what room did they need to move in putting sheets against windows yeah seeing what maintenance they were trying to to bolt some of these windows back and when the night was finally over it was again a mad dad yes because then we had several patients walk in. Yes, later. Okay, so the <laughs> so we have all these patients to discharge home, you know, and yeah. and it feels terrible the whole time because there's not yeah. a lot of us. No, because it it felt like there was no B or C team because we were just going and going. Yeah, because they unfortunately most of them couldn't. They weren't they letting couldn't write to there's, us. There's and no so way. We're like exhausted and dead, and you know, these pay, people are still coming in because they we had no other hospital to get to to go to, to deliver so baby. And like, we oh got the last patient on an ambulance. Okay, yep. the last patient on an ambulance, and two more people came, came in. Yeah, and I do it, remember one. Was was a c-section and one came in i remember vaginal. that patient she said or i mean i don't know you <laughs> yeah. it's like you don't know me but i'm about to deliver your baby. baby and we didn't have running water people yeah, we were no getting water. buckets of water so they could flush the toilet so yeah. we didn't have running water and i remember just putting no, really, some alcohol no, in my no hands air, not even hand. realizing at the moment we didn't have blood products yeah, we had This nothing. is crazy. Yeah. Her water was broken and she was there. And she had nowhere else to go. She didn't have anywhere. The 
then another patient comes up and she's in full-blown labor. labor. That was a really tough moment in the hallway. Yeah. Because I feel like we were all collectively trying to calm her down Damn. because she had decided to give up her baby for adoption and she only had a few moments to hold yeah. the baby. And it just was such a conflicting moment. Yeah, because she was so conflicted, too, as to what she wanted to do. And, you know, she had to make a, a decision, too, at that moment. I remember it was, and everybody was so exhausted. And it was still so much chaos going on. And I did, I felt bad for her, too, you know. And it, it was just so much. Yeah. I mean, still, even the patients that didn't need an ambulance and were going home, I remember one of my patient's husbands took his shirt off and he was wiping glass out of his car because he didn't have anything else Yeah, to put the baby in this car Yeah, and drive home and, and see. And they were trying to, uh, they were, we were getting trash bags from housekeeping and trying to like tape their windows, putting a trash bag on it and taping it so that they could drive out of there to get to a safe place with their newborn baby. Wow. Yeah, finally telling that mom, you know, the ambulance is here. Yeah. We barely have an ambulance because this baby had to share an ambulance with another, another baby, baby, which we never do. So they don't get mixed up. Right. But it was the only option. And the ambulance is leaving. Yeah. And so limited. Yeah. Right. And so make that decision. Yeah. Either you're going to get on this ambulance with the new baby or you know you're not and she decided not to and um that was really hard to see yeah you know and and i can't imagine having to make that decision it was crazy it was definitely an experience that uh, i'll never forget do i want to do it again no probably not (laughs) (laughs) i'm good i had my once a lifetime moment of living through that um yeah i think the hardest part uh we're getting phone calls from my kids, um, you know, in the middle of the time because they're watching the news. And so they're calling and they're like, Mom, I'm scared. It's really bad. Are you going to be okay? And I remember just telling them, I am safe. I'm in the safest place I can be. I am okay. And then hanging up the phone and call my fiance telling him, I am going to die in here. This is not good. You know, I am so scared. It is horrible. Please do not tell the kids. Keeping myself calm to talk to my children because they're watching the news and they're seeing it as like really bad. So that was probably really hard thinking in your head because there's so much going on. We're so occupied trying to keep our patience, but deep down inside you are petrified. Yeah. Because you're like, oh my God, I may never see my family again. What happens if this doesn't go the way that we wanted to? We wanted to. to. And it gets really bad. What are we going to do? You know, because I remember my kids calling, Mom, why didn't you come with us, Mom? And I was like, well, I have to stay here and take care of these, these moms and babies that need us. We have babies here that need us. We have patience, but I'm going to be okay. You know, I'm in a safe place. All in the meantime, little did they know that windows were blowing out. We're trying to get patients into safe places. So that was probably the hardest part for me. Yeah. Was with my kids. Yeah. You know, because they were scared to death. So I have Kiara right here, your daughter. So what were you thinking this whole time? Um, 
When we first left, I just remember my mom saying that she was gonna stay. Um, and I remember my stepdad was like, Kiara, she'll be okay. And I was just, I remember we kind of like argued cause I was like, no, you need to come. Like, you need to come. What are you doing? You need to come. And she was like, no, Kiara, it's just a two. We're gonna be fine. It's not that serious. And I was like, okay. And we left. And then I just remember being in the hotel at my grandparents and my stepdad and my siblings, uh, my little sister was very scared she was she doesn't like storms but she was really scared and I just remember the whole time she was just like mom should came mom should came and I was like Alyssa she's fine at this point I had calmed down so I was like Alyssa she's fine it's a category two like she's fine and then it started going faster and it started going up in category and then when it hit a four I was like okay and then at this point we were still hearing from mom and so i was okay and then it got later in the night like when the eye of the storm came in that's when we stopped hearing from her and i remember mr terrence getting a phone call from mom and we're like sitting in the living room watching the tv and i kept telling my little sister turn it off as it was getting worse and i was like Alyssa, turn it off the eye of the storm's about to come in turn it off you're just gonna make yourself sick turn it off and she wouldn't listen and she was like no i want to know like i want to see what's happening because mom's there and i'm the type of person i don't like thinking about that kind of stuff i want to know whenever it happens i don't want to know any time before that i don't i don't like knowing anything bad and she wanted to know so we were just sitting there mr terrence's phone rang and i'm nosy so i looked over and i saw it was my mom and i looked at him and he looked at me and he just got up and walked off and i just was kind of like okay and then we were watching it and it was just getting worse and the eye of the storm was going over and mr terrence walked back in the room and he just sat down and he didn't say anything and i was like what'd she say and he was like she's okay she was just calling to check on y'all and, and i could just tell that it was not okay Okay. My stepdad has a very strong demeanor to himself, but it was very obvious that like something was wrong. Um, so then I walked to the back and I was like, is mom really okay? Um, and he was like, she's scared, but she's okay. It's all gonna be okay. And I was just like, okay. And then it was on the news and like the eye, so everything was flying around. And then like the news anchors were like, okay, it's not safe here anymore. Like we need to leave. And then my sister started freaking out. So then I was trying to calm her down and I was like, like, it's gonna be okay Alyssa it's gonna be okay and the hardest part for me was my sister just kept saying we're not gonna have a mom and I was just like it's gonna be okay we're gonna have a mom she's gonna be fine and I just had to keep telling her that and then that night it was like three something in the morning and Alyssa was still up watching the news and I was like have you slept and she was like no and I was like well you need to go to sleep like let's turn this off and she was like I don't want to turn it off and I was like well you need to go to sleep Alyssa and she was like um I need to know that mom okay she never slept that night and then the next morning um we didn't hear from mom she had called my grandmother um the night before and talked to her a little bit and my grandma bless her heart but she is so bad <laughs> at hiding emotions <laughs> so that gave it away right there too so then that was just a dead giveaway but um we didn't hear from her for a long time the next day so i tried to distract my sister as much as i could um but you knew something was wrong yeah and i just kept like thinking to myself why haven't we heard from her why haven't we heard from her and i just keep asking my stepdad and i was just like have you heard from her have you heard from her and he was like here they have no service you know it's a pretty much a category five hurricane that went through there 
we're gonna hear from her, she's fine. And I'm like, okay. And I pretty much the whole day had went by and then it was like seven, six maybe, and his phone rang. It was my mom and I just remember Alyssa crying. We all talked to her and she was fine. You could tell that she was scared, that she, you could just hear it in her voice. Like she wasn't saying it, but you could hear it. I just remember telling Alyssa like, see, she's fine. But I kind of knew like she wasn't okay. Like physically she was okay. Like obviously she's here but she wasn't okay. And then we didn't hear for for a while. And then we got a phone call about the houses and everything. And our houses were pretty much okay. There was a few things that were wrong with them. Nowhere near some other people's. It was a lot. Um, and I remember when we finally saw her, I just remember hugging her and just crying and saying like, that she was never allowed to stay again. <laughs> <laughs> I can see both of y'all tearing up. I mean, this is so, how do you feel Rachel, having this field where you really put the patients and these families first. It's my job. I love what I do. And, you know, if it came down to where I had to do it again, I would. I mean, it's my job. I love what I do. You know, sometimes our patients aren't happy with us. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, not everybody likes you. It's what it is. But, but I, you know, I wholeheartedly put myself into my job and yeah. into my patients. I mean, I really believe you're one of these people that God put here on earth to to serve. And you really did that that night. How did you feel when the CEO of the hospital had the meeting in the morning, you know, letting us know that everything was over and yeah. we had survived the unsurvivable, a storm yeah. that the U.S. has not seen in 125 years. How did you feel? Um, it just relieved, overwhelmed. I remember us all, everybody just looking at each other like, did this oh really God, yeah. did we really, you know, just make, make it out of this? Like, this is unbelievable. You know, I remember a bunch of us walking outside together and just like in awe because it was so unbelievable what we walked outside to. Just everything was demolished. And to think that we all made it out, everybody was safe, every patient was safe, every baby was safe, everybody made it out to think that, you know, we made it. Although at some points I got a little nervous because <laughs> I didn't know if we were going to. Uh, but, you know, between the doctors and the other nurses and the other staff that we had there, you know, we all stuck together and we all pulled together. And it was without the crew that we had, um, it probably wouldn't have went that way. Yeah. You know, we had some amazing people there. Yeah, I think it was the most treacherous, difficult thing we've ever done. Oh, yeah. But the people that were there were really were there because they love that place. Oh, yeah. We've all made a bond that some other staff with us will never understand. Like yeah. that bond that we all made that night, each department, each person made a bond with the group of people we were there with, you know, that it'll be something we'll never forget ever. Chaotic everywhere. It was. We definitely needed a bunch of extra hands all over the place. Everybody was exhausted. Everybody was tired. Nobody slept. It was it was definitely exhausting. And I also feel like I kind of see this, I almost see this bond between y'all too, like this just thankfulness for everyday life okay. when it is easy and when it is normal. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, it makes you realize 
it definitely made me realize a lot of things like, you know, to stop and look and appreciate things that you don't stop and appreciate maybe on an everyday basis, you know, uh, that you stop and you're like, okay, maybe you need to slow down sometimes and, you know, appreciate the things that are right in front of you because it doesn't take much for them to disappear. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we learned a lot about gratitude. Yeah. And what yeah. we're what we can really what we're made of and what we can really do. Yeah. Things that you think you wouldn't ever be able to do. Yeah. Well thank you so much for sharing. Thank you.